where nobody knows your name is recorded in front of nobody. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. I'm John. And I'm James. And James, whoa, we're, we're all the way on episode 24 of season six, The Big Kiss Off. It's a good episode. It is a good episode. Yeah, it's a uh, Ken and Dave classic. Yeah, that's Ken Levine and David Isaacs. Uh, this aired on the 28th of April, 1988, directed by James Burroughs. And I tell you what, James, straight off the bat, I really like this episode because it all takes place in the bar, which I don't think has happened much this season so far. That's true. There's been a handful, maybe three, four, something like that. This one really stood out to me. This one really stood out because so much happens. But what were you going to say, sorry, James? Ah, oh, there's two facts about this episode. I have right off the bat. See that baseball reference there? Uh, it won an Emmy for Outstanding Editing for a Series mm. in Multicamera Production. Mm-hmm. And the other is that it is one of two episodes reenacted via a Zoom call in Sportscaster Scenes, hosted by Ken Levine and Jason Benetti, who was a White Sox announcer for NBC Sports Chicago. Ken, of course, uh, is known for being a LA Dodgers announcer. I tell you what, I can I can understand why it got the the Emmy and is being uh, reenacted on on Zoom. Did you say it was on Zoom? Yeah, Benetti played Frazier, Levine played Al, and other barflies. George Went returned as Norm, and they were all joined by fellow sports casting personalities playing the other roles. Uh, this version includes material that didn't make it to air, including dialogue from Larry, who doesn't appear in the final episode. So it was based on a uh, earlier script. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Should we kick off with the cold open, James? Which is, Frasier comes into the bar after a heavy night drinking before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic Frasier. What are you like? <laughs> yeah, he, he comes in and uh, Norm's the one who sort of, he plays with them a bit. Plays with the fact that Frasier can't remember. It sounds like Frasier sort of picked a couple of fights the night before. Yeah. We talked about this very briefly before. I think it was you myself and Barry mm. in an episode where Frazier picked a fight at a hockey rink. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, once he gets a couple of drinks in him. <laughs> Frazier, well, he, no. He's quoted as saying, unions are for mummy boys who can't get their own jobs. Oof. Them's fighting words, if any, <laughs> if ever I heard any. Essentially, Frazier gets told that he's essentially going to get beat up by this guy who's going to come back today to meet Frazier to beat him up. And then it just turns out that Norm's just been taunting him. Right about now, actually. Well, well, the guy couldn't make it. Whoop, there he is. No, 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 that's just a car. Norm does it because he claims it's a hangover cure. And Frazier says, but I feel worse. And Norm goes, well, but mine's gone. I'm fine, Frazier. Don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> That's a classic norm. No wonder George Went came back to do this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the big kiss off, Redux. <laughs> well, should we go into the main episode, James? It kicks off with uh, Woody in the bar, uh, and he gets a bit of a compliment from Rebecca. Because he got a new shirt. Ooh, yeah. The rest of the bar see this exchange and kind of make a bit more out of it than there actually is, probably. Yeah, they see Rebecca go, new shirt, looks cute. And he's like, he's. Blushing a little, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. And he gets, uh, what do you call it? Uh, well, I put flabbergasted, um, which <laughs> I don't know if it's the correct word, but just taken aback and, and a bit speechless. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. 
But I meant in terms of he gets sort of jibed the word by the rest of the bar. Yeah. Well, they they make fun of him because they think he's smitten. Yeah. Sort of corners Woody in this sort of corner of desperation where he, he says that he could go on with Miss Howe if he wanted to kind of thing. I think he could. I think that they'd make a odd but endearing couple. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't think you'd look at them and then, and go, ooh, don't, they wouldn't work. I think, you know, they're both... They both have their idiosyncrasies, but I don't. I don't think they're necessarily conflicting. Well, the rest of the bar initially say he's got no chance, but Sam kind of wages that he would have a better chance. And then the rest of the bar, when betting on this duo, they favour Woody as well. Yeah, it kind of brings a, a bit into question Sam's sort of womanizing abilities, which is what he's sort of been known for throughout the series, and it's kind of catching up on him a bit. We've seen episodes where he's uh, been doubtful at times. Yeah, and for the past three seasons now, we have hypothesized that Woody coming in will throw Sam off his womanizing throne. Mm. Yeah, and that comes back later in the episodes, that kind of regal theme. King Woody. King Woody. But do you remember what would the loser get, the loser of this bet? The winner, of course, getting a kiss or a date from Rebecca. Do you remember what the loser would get? The loser's prize is a kiss from Norm. Yep. And Norm points out that, of course, this means there is no loser. You little flirt, Norm. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of the, the main pieces set up. that they're, they're, And Carla lays out the rules. She's going to sort of be the, the referee of this. But Sam and Woody have a bet who will kiss Miss Howe by the end of the night. Which I find odd because... Rebecca and Sam have kissed, and if they meant in a purely mutually romantic way, fine. You know, who can get a purely romantic one? But they come up with some duplicitous reasons to get a kiss from Rebecca. Sam and Rebecca have shared a kiss with the pretense of romance, but they were pretending to be a couple in front of Mr. Drake, so I don't really understand (laughs) the horse that Sam has in this race, to be honest. (laughs) And yeah, as you say, it gets quite childish very quickly as well. I can't remember who goes first in all of this. Is it Sam who makes the first attempt? Sam makes the first attempt by pretending to choke. Yeah, which I think is the most, uh, quite a desperate plea, especially early doors. It's also quite cliched. Yeah. I think in How I Met Your Mother, they even, it was one of the things Barney did, you know. But I tell you what, what, what works with this sequence so well is... As the bar's kind of set up and everyone knows the players in the bar, when Sam's choking and saying, I need mouth to mouth, I need mouth to mouth, to see Al come from out the corner. Mouth to mouth. All right. Oh, God, does anybody know mouth to mouth? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, come on, all right. Well, time. That was like a perfect sort of moment where his part, his role which has sort of been built up in lots of one-liners. Yeah. It added to his sort of uh, repertoire of one-liners coming in. Bit of mystique about him, isn't it? When you know, when he enters, you know something's going to go down, yeah. But when Sam suddenly springs up and says he's all right, Al just goes, works every time. <laughs> you know, it took uh, Al Rosen three takes to get his line right. <laughs> That's uh, not that many, I suppose. <laughs> My favourite thing about this fact is that on the third take, he walked in and forgot to bring his glass with him, so he mimes <laughs> holding a glass. <laughs> oh, so they, they had three takes, and the last one was also 
was unusable, so let's go. Oh, we'll just go for the first one. The last one was the best one, but he hadn't brought his glass with him. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they seem to have split the coach character, haven't they? Mm. There's, um, I don't know if you ever saw the film Little Buddha with Keanu Reeves as, as Siddhartha, but basically there's the concept that the Buddha has been reincarnated, but various aspects of of Siddhartha's uh, character, if you like, have mm. gone to different people around the globe and it's been split across three different people. And I think uh, the elements of coach have been split to Al and Woody. <laughs> They definitely get to play with his kind of archetypal role in both of those characters a lot. Yeah. Of course, next, it's Woody's ploy. With that in mind, Woody's ploy does seem very much like a a Coach-esque kind of thing. Because Coach was famed for falling downstairs to get pity. Yeah, he did the old Uncle Albert fall, didn't he? Yeah. And uh, Woody does something slightly similar to try and get a bit of pity where he comes in sort of huffing and puffing and sort of being down and out and not wanting to talk about it initially, but very much trying to get Rebecca's attention. Yeah, yes. It's one of those things that um, happens on social media all the time where people are like, I'm just so upset about things. Why is life having to be so difficult? Do you want to talk about it? No, but I'll continue to post vague complaints, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And uh, yeah, it is a bit like that. He does string her along a little bit until he goes, I'm rehearsing for a play and I don't think I'll get the part. Mm. Big problems there, isn't it? That, that's the problem there. And of course, Sam goes and goes, oh, Woody's so preoccupied with this play. He, um, <laughs> he won't worry about this this bet anymore. But of course, yeah, but Woody, yeah. Woody, Woody's more cunning than that. Woody's going, it's the love scene. Yeah, and he persuades Rebecca to run lines with him to help him practice. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great, a great sequence. Oh, oh, golly. <laughs> when you kiss someone for serious, it's kind of scary, ain't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't think either of them would get the part from that, really, to be honest. No, I, I don't think, I don't think they would. I think they did a good job to keep a straight face in that scene. Yeah, I, I, I think they did. I think you see Rhea Pillman cracking up <laughs> a, a few times. Uh. <laughs> and it's kind of that rule of three because Sam interrupts the first time he comes back again claiming that they're out of v- vermouth uh, and then he's that he's ordered the vermouth and then the third time Woody goes we got three bottles of vermouth Sam is talking nonsense and then he leaves <laughs> and the, yeah <laughs> which you know he could have won the bet but he takes his work first yeah he's a man of principle yeah <laughs> but I thought that was quite good for a sort of rule of three but it goes even more farcical from there, doesn't it, James? It's very much an episode of one plot. There's not, there's not really a B plot going on. It's, it's Woody and Sam trying to one up each other, basically, in terms mm. of. And I think at one point, doesn't even Frazier suggest the more ridiculous something is? The next sort of thing we see is Woody trying to hypnotize Rebecca. <laughs> 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 to which Frazier says, like, oh, we've seen it all now. And that's where the... A man who successfully hypnotised himself. And it's not the first, like, Woody seems to be very susceptible to uh, to hypnotism. We've seen that a few times. Have you ever been hypnotised, John? No, not that I know of, at least. I've never been fully hypnotised, but I have been in a minor state of hypnosis when basically it went to some kind of 
show, stage show in Edinburgh. Uh, Colin Mockery was one of the presenters, actually. The concept was that Colin Mockery was on stage improvising with people in the audience. So, mm. And they would go, this is the scene. So the people in the scene genuinely thought that the scene was real, right? Mm. And they were, they were like farmers or spacemen or whatever. And Colin Mockery had to improvise the scene with them. So essentially it was encouraging audience members to have the confidence and lack of inhibitions to improvise and be in these mm. made-up scenes. I was halfway hypnotized because right at the start, they bring people up on stage and then they eliminate those who they think aren't that susceptible. And I, I was there and they're going, they're talking about bringing a race car and, you know, my arm lifted and I was, I was driving the wheel. But of course, your eyes are closed. So I imagine mm. the other people they were doing it with were much more energetic. I looked as though <laughs> I, was, I was, what's it called? Um, cruising, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one, one arm on the wheel, <laughs> you know. Swaying left to right. I don't think that's. <laughs> I'm racing. Come on. I got told to go back to my seat. <laughs> you, it sounds like you probably looked out there. Yeah, I, that meant I got to see the show because obviously the people who were hypnotized didn't get to enjoy the show. They just got their they just they just got their money back. Oh, that's good. They got paid the money back. Yeah, because they didn't actually watch a show. <laughs> they were they were part of it. Yeah. <laughs> But I tell you what, that sounds pretty farcical, James. But what happens in the next sort of beat of this episode is even more so. So Fraser says that he kind of has seen it all now. And then Sam steps through the door in military uniform. Yeah, exactly. And we've, well, uh, Troy and I have hypothesized in the past that Rebecca has a fondness for Navy men. So potentially Sam's military outfit could work. Yeah, well, I don't know. Remember, this is all happening in one day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and an eventful day. But before this happens, Rebecca pulls Carla to the side and says, woman to woman, tell me what's happening. And Carla goes, no. <laughs> and then Rebecca goes, I'll pay you. And she goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, from there, Rebecca's now in on this. It's a, I know, they know. They don't know that we know they know. Yeah. Yeah. It's only one one level, isn't it? I know, but they don't know, I know. The plot has thickened, though. That starts up the second half of this episode, where it's very much Rebecca uh, getting her own back on them for what is a pretty childish scenario to try and... Pretty childish. It's also... Sleazy. Yeah. Manipulative. Manipulative, yes. Um, It's very objectifying. Mm. Yeah. What Rebecca says to Sam is that she knows about the bet. She wants Sam to win, but they have to make it look legit. Yeah. She tells him to come back to the bar later on. She'll be asleep in her office and to come and sort of kiss her awake kind of idea. Before this, though, and uh, it's just a minor aside, Mm -hmm. one of Sam's other tactics is to have, I think, an ex come in. She's worried because she says that she likes her boss, but this attraction is not reciprocated. Mm -hmm. She goes, well, I do. And Sam goes, have you tried kissing him like this? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'd forgot that part as well. There's so much happens in this episode. And she goes, wow, Sam, that's the best kiss I've ever had. You'll have to love me now. And then she leaves. <laughs> and Rebecca's eye that are going, Sam's a weird man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then subtlety isn't really a thing in this episode, is it? Woody was the most subtle. Yeah, uh, that's true. And even then, it's not that subtle. Yeah. 
Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't do much better. I am not a subtle man. I'd be like, you, kiss? No? All right. Woody, you win. <laughs> <laughs> you know, got the rest of the day. Uh, <laughs> Where's Norm? That's what you'd say, I think. Uh, well, that way you get you at least get a kiss, you know? <laughs> well, at this point, Rebecca's pulled Sam to the side and said that initial plan. But as soon as he leaves the bar, she pulls Woody to the side and starts to discuss another plan as well. Oh, I see where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. Sam walks into the bar later on and it's pretty much empty, apart from like a lonesome cliff sitting there. He is lonesome tonight. I thought you'd like it if I said that. That's a, that's a callback, isn't it? Cliff uh, talks to Sam for a quick exchange, then realises the time and says, oh, he needs to wake up Rebecca now. And Sam goes, no, let me do that, because I am I'm Mr. Sleaze. Yeah. And then he calls over Carla to come into the, the office as well to sort of uh, adjudicate. I don't know. So they're both in there. Lights are off. We hear some kissy noises, James. <laughs> and it's, of course, Woody and Sam. Yeah. They've been, they've been what do we call, double duped? Yes. Or just yeah. duped? Just duped. <laughs> They got punked, James. They did. They did. And the gang's whole laughing and Rebecca Rebecca uses this to prove a point and she says this quote. Well, I'm going to say this once and once only. I am a person who cannot be used. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to drive Mr. Drake's valet to the airport. And she leaves and everyone else leaves kind of laughing and, and drinking. There's a few good jabs in there as well of like, Call me romantic, but I always knew you two would get together. <laughs> Norm going, I got a big wet one for you. <laughs> and you, you could have ended the episode there, but they go a little bit further with it, which I think works out because it kind of then sort of establishes this slight passing of the torch of Sam to Woody, who kind of says, if anyone was ever going to surpass me, I'd like it to be you. You're like a brother to me. These kind of phrases, which is that's quite a nice moment. It, it is nice. And, you know, they... Uh... They have that awkwardness of, of the fact that they've kissed each other. But after Sam said that, Woody goes, so are we good now? And Sam goes, yeah, yeah, we're good. And then Woody goes, okay, cool. Any tips, anything I did wrong? Or- <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, they could have easily ended the episode on that uh, nice moment. And then they pushed it even further with Woody asking for like advice and asking how he was. And Sam wants nothing to do with it. <laughs> I did enjoy this episode, though. I did think it was really good. It was nice to have a, a holy bar set episode where all the players were used in such a tight way, you know? Yes. We even got a um, Nick Tortelli name drop in the episode as well. Carla says, that's low, that's Nick Tortelli standards low kind of thing. When Sam's pretending to choke. Yeah. 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 Lots of great moments like that. Lots of great moments brought by lots of great bar patrons. Do you want to hear who they were? Of course I do, James. We had Carol Francis as Caroline. This was Sam's lover, I assume. This was her final film and TV role. Bye. She also appeared in Fingers, Violated, Remington Steel, The A-Team, and Crawl Space. I didn't make up her her repertoire. I just chose it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, okay. I'm not going to comment on it, I think. Al Rosen as Al, Alan Coss as Alan, Hugh McGuire as Hugh, Peter Schreiner as Pete, and Philip Pullman is uncredited as Phil. It was a full bar this week, wasn't it? Lots of busy, busy scenes. Yeah. Oh, look, it's love letters to Woody and Sam. <laughs> we don't need that one. 
Here we go, trivia. That's what we needed. But as usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. I tell you what, I'll kick off with one. Uh, this new bet of uh, who could kiss Rebecca first, Carlos says it was going to be the biggest contest since what other? Most beer nuts up nose? No, the biggest spitball. I mean, I had the theme right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a bit grim. <laughs> what nickname does Carla give Woody when he mentions his interest in Rebecca? Oh, I don't know. It's a pun. No, that's not going to help me. Could be so many. Rhinestone cow pie. Oh. <laughs> See, I remembered the more favourable King Woody that she said later yeah. in the episode. So Woody is auditioning for the play Bus Stop, but what character does he audition for and what character does Rebecca read lines for? Oh, they're going to be good old-fashioned names like Betty and and Wayne or something. You're not far off. Uh, a wayward young rodeo buff called Bo and uh, a showgirl called Sherry. Yeah. I mean, I got it wrong, but I was on the right lines. <laughs> Why does Caroline agree to to Sam's kiss display. Why does she agree to this ruse? Because he stole her disc player. (laughs) Yep, and she wants it back. That's classic Sam, isn't it? (laughs) In return for, like, essentially selling out her friends, I I don't think it would have took much, if I'm honest, but in return for selling out her friends, what does Carla get for telling Rebecca what the hijinks taking place was all about? Uh, It's a paid day off, isn't it? Yeah, one, one day paid. No haggling involved. Carla was pretty up for just stitching up her friends. I like that moment because it did bring Carla and Rebecca together a bit more. We've seen them, especially as well, the Slumber Party Massacre, is that right? Mm-hmm. You can see their bond growing. Yeah, and they started off very much uh, antagonising each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the change really started, and we'll talk about this more in the season review, which is only a few weeks away now. But the change really started when we started seeing Rebecca's mischievous side. Mm. Mm. Speaking of Rebecca, when Rebecca sees the military outfit, she flirts a little with Sam and then she goes, No, I told myself I'll never love an army man again. Not since my high school boyfriend left the army and never came back. Which is a bit grim. But what is the name of this high school boyfriend? It was Kevin, wasn't it? Kevin. Yeah, I remembered that bit. Complete lies. Yeah, complete lies. But then again, the whole thing was a lie, so I don't think she's out of line too much then. That's the last call, Belle. Who do you think came off best in this episode? And who do you think was was the worst? I think Sam was probably coming off worst in this episode. Yeah, I I would definitely agree to that. I think the the winner of the episode has got to be Rebecca, though. She kind of proved her point. I think Norm got got pretty well off, just almost distancing himself and just <laughs> making fun of people, you know, not really engaged in the pranks thing, more just watching it play out. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, anyone who wasn't Woody or Sam, I think, was a winner in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and with our end of season coming up, there'll be another bonus episode coming up soon. What can we say about it? We'll say that it will feature uh, Norman Cliff more? Yeah. I think that's that's a good tease, I think, James. If you want to listen to that bonus episode, check us out on Patreon. And uh, there's lots of other great content up on there already. 
You can also subscribe to bonus episodes through Spotify or Anchor. But I tell you what, James, as we close this episode, we need to think of a drink to uh, toast the episode too. Isn't there a drink called a kiss? I think there is a drink. I think there's a cocktail called a called a kiss. Well, I, I don't think we want to get one of them, James. <laughs> there is. <laughs> there's a cocktail called a kiss, and it has sweet vermouth. Wow, that sounds like a perfect, perfect drink to toast this episode, James. We've seen a lot in this episode. I might go and check out that recording you're on about, the, the Zoom recording. Yeah, it's on YouTube, uh, Sportscaster Scenes. The big kiss off. And I'm going to re-go back and watch this episode to see Al walking up with uh, no glass. Pretending to... (laughs) (laughs) That's something I want to check out and see. Thank you for listening to this episode of Where Nobody Knows Your Name. Cheers, podcast.